Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the MMQB Week in Review podcast our occasional Friday podcast, which we do on Fridays, but not every Friday. We just like to keep you guys on your toes. But we are back this week. I've got my usual cast of characters. It's Jenny Vrentis, Connor Orr, and Albert Breer. How's everyone doing? Good. What's up, Mitch? How's the beard? <laughs> the You tell me. Uh, I think the beard's doing fine. spectacular to me. I think Connor likes it more than I do, which is always appreciated. <laughs> It comes up on this podcast, even on uh, days that I don't appear. I just get talked about, apparently. Yeah, I, I might like. I might like it more than Mrs. Goldich likes it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's really been a hot topic of conversation, <laughs> even on the Weekside podcast. Well, Liter- I, literally a hot topic. <laughs> I uh, I knew this was coming, and still I'm flustered and totally unprepared to segue <laughs> and move on to another topic. Uh, but thank you so much for your kind words. So this is the podcast where we talk about basically what we've been up to and what work we have up on the site at the MMQB this week. So a lot of times, uh, usually we start this by going around and saying what's everyone been doing, whether something you've seen on TV or something you've read, uh, or this has then spiraled into hobbies and things going on in your lives. Uh, so let's uh, do a quick run yeah, around I the horn the, with what's uh, been Jeffrey keeping Epstein, everyone busy. Uh, Albert, you want to go first? was highly, highly disturbing, and I think they did a good job with it but i would warn anybody if you're squeamish at all it there's a lot of really really horrible stuff in there so like a good necessary piece of journalism but uh but man it was a tough watch 
<laughs> just lighten the mood there for everybody. <laughs> okay. Good. Yikes. Uh, up, up Sorry, good Start to. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it, thanks for letting us know. Um, Jenny, how about you? Well, I made some coffee cake muffins over the weekend. So that was a nice bright spot, I suppose. Okay. Nice. How were they? They were pretty good. It was a gluten-free mix of uh, like cinnamon cake type stuff, you know, mixing in for the coffee cake. I'm not sure. It was they, a baking activity. Did you eat these all yourself or did you, were these a gift? No, I froze half of them because I okay. wouldn't get, I wouldn't get through the whole box. Yeah. Got it. I'm only asking because obviously, you know, we could meet and social distance in the courtyard between our apartment sure. buildings and I could have taste tested these, uh, these desserts, but that's fine. Maybe for next time, Jen. That's true. Yes. It's very <laughs> disorienting. Our listeners should know because Mitch and I live in the same apartment layout, except they're mirror images of each other. So we're on a Zoom call and I'm looking into my apartment, <laughs> wow, I didn't just a mirror image of it. And it's wow. very odd. It is the weirdest thing. Our sister building yeah, I apartments with us like, being I near didn't Albert's. I we were, were watching. Like in the same His reaction like, sort of structure of apartment. <laughs> yeah. Our buildings are part of the same community and we're both on the same line. So we have the exact same layout oh, and our desks mind. are in the same place. So it's a little strange. Very strange. At some point during in, the in podcast, the somebody's going to walk out that yeah. door behind Jenny and, and, it, and they're just going <laughs> to come into Mitch's house. <laughs> it's going to be it's totally insane. <laughs> All right. Connor, how about you? What have you been up to this week? Um, I got to, uh, I went to Scranton for my birthday, which is where everybody should go for their birthday. Um, and, uh, got to see my parents and basically celebrate all of the holidays that I like to celebrate with them that we've missed through COVID. So God bless my mom. She made Irish soda bread because I missed St. Patrick's day. Um, and just a lot of, uh, fun stuff like that. So it's good to catch up with my family, see my wow, uh, grandmother, her. 90 90 and going strong so um you know everybody's uh you know yeah everybody's uh you know doing what they can so nice and happy belated connor thank you yeah i can't believe it 22 (laughs) (laughs) um all right well uh i guess similar to albert on uh, a documentary that felt like a necessary watch but um i actually watched 13th the documentary on netflix which um, you know, was highly recommended. I think I've seen a lot of people sharing all kinds of recommendations for books and movies and TV shows and documentaries on the subject of race and all kinds of related topics. And this was about the 13th Amendment, which uh, mentions prisons. Uh, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, slavery, but it has this clause in it about uh, criminals. And so it was this uh, documentary that was done recently just about the criminal justice system and mass incarceration and drawing a line uh, through our country's history from slavery all the way up to mass incarceration in modern times. Uh, So I'd seen it recommended by a lot of people. And also Netflix kept popping it up saying, do you want to watch this? Do you want to watch this? And so eventually I made some time for it. And I'm glad that I did. And I know a lot of yeah, people probably feel a, the same way. I have a lot more on my list now to check out like I had somebody recommend uh, on that similar to me, like, topics. So I'm glad ago, that I saw and that it one. Was, I mean, it, it changes the way you look at certain things, definitely. All right. Should we hop into football? We always go around the horn. Our second trip around the horn, we talk about stories that we worked on that were published this week. So, Albert, we can start with you. Um your Monday morning mm. column, you wrote about the the 
two videos, really, that I'd imagine everyone who's listening to the podcast has seen at this point. The first video was by NFL players asking for a response from the league, and then the second one was Roger Goodell's responding video, which came out later, and you went yeah, behind yeah, the scenes and, and, you know, on like how the first nutshell, one came together. Really, so do you want to tell I us a little bit about that story? Sort of how this like unprecedented circumstance over the last couple of weeks has given voice to a lot of younger people. Um, who think a little bit differently. And I think it's one of the most fascinating things to me about all of this is like you can look at different levels of it in the NFL and you can see like guys who are on the younger end of things finding their voice. And it even happened like like the week before I wrote about, um, you know, like, you know, Richard Sherman's point of view on all of this. And he said like the white quarterback speaking out was a big deal. Well, who were the white quarterbacks that spoke out? It was Joe Burrow, who's a rookie. It was Trevor Lawrence, who isn't even in the league yet. It was um, Carson Wentz, who's still in his 20s. And with the video here, this is the same sort of thing. It was a bunch of guys in the office, actually, um, who had who were really frustrated with the league's response. And that they felt like the initial statement that came out, I believe it was two Saturdays ago now, um, was very corporate and kind of came off as if it went through 16 different channels the way a lot of these statements go, go through and is sanitized and everything else. So it led to uh, you know a, a lot of the guys talking and um, it led to a series of meetings and there were young guys, you know young African American guys like um, like Maurice Jennings and um, and Jarek Walker who are I, I would say rising you know in the ranks of the league office. Um, that really felt, you know, I think a little bit more at liberty to speak on these things. And I, I think we're change agents over the course of the week. And, you know, it got through to a guy who's, you know, a content producer named Brendan Minder. Um, and Brendan basically, you know, decided one night to send the DM, and it's been out there, to, to Mike Thomas, the Saints receiver, um, you know, thinking like, okay, like I'm not even going to get a response. And before he could even start reaching out to other people to see if other people wanted to do it, Thomas got back to him, said he was in, and then you know by the next morning they'd you know shop for like like let's let's try to get ten guys in this video, um, th- like by the next morning the number was up to fifteen, and um, you know I thought the brilliance of the video of it s- itself to me was not it, it wasn't so much just it it wasn't like even complaining about the previous statement it was providing a new statement and it was challenging the commissioner it was saying this is what we want you to say like and we're not going to let you be silent on this because if you're silent on this you're taking the other side it it essentially forced the commissioner to take a side in the whole thing and the commissioner read the statement which i thought was significant because it was it broke new ground in 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 a couple of areas for the league um, and, you know, what's fascinating about it to me is like a lot of people have sort of wondered what's the league going to do if the protests, um, if the protests, you know, resume in the fall. I, I think this is sort of cornered them, you know, like this is sort of put the commissioner in a corner where like if if he were to put in any sort of policy, like he'd be going back on his word. It would make a liar of him now. So, you know, I, I think it was brilliant in the, on, on behalf of the players and, and Mike did a lot of the writing on that. Like, and you know, there are huge names and that, that were involved. Um, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, like a lot of really, really big names. I, I just thought it was brilliant the way they put it together. And I think it was really kind of an example of a, you know, the power that young people's voices have had over the last couple of weeks that we've seen at, diff- at, at, at different levels of pro football and then be just kind of like the the format of it and saying to the commissioner we're drawing a line in the sand and you have to pick a side now 
Yeah, the commissioner saying that he supports players who peacefully protest. Now they have to follow through on that. They have to support them financially. I saw that there's just news that the NFL will contribute some $250 million to social justice initiatives. and But money is not where they, you know, they have given money in the past. They, you know, have built out this platform to d- donate and kind of encourage uh, teams to raise donations within the team and then the NFL could match them and they've created those systems in the past but I think where they really need to do is support the players and whatever action they choose to take to continue making this a part of the conversation to continue demonstrating and protesting against racism and police brutality however the players choose to do that they need to offer support through their actions not just through their their money so i think that'll be the big tell moving forward is how not only the league but especially the owners you know if they're backing up uh, you know the support that they say they're offering now they've got to show that in the months ahead i think it just the the quality the the depth of star power in that video too really probably left the nfl with no choice in the long term i think that while you know and i want to make sure i'm saying this clearly i think that the nfl probably viewed colin kaepernick as someone that they could afford to lose i mean you know and say that hey we're going to play both sides of this we're going to see it let the public dictate which way the wind is blowing and if this whatever happens to this guy happens to this guy i think it could have been as callous as that but when you hear from patrick mahomes who's arguably the most important person in the sport right now and this is not to you know i trust me i'm I'm just saying that what colin did was incredible and brave and more important than any of this because he got it all started but now that there's a tailwind to this uh that features uh, 10 or 11 or 12 of the most important players in the sport um you know across a ton of teams across a ton of markets you're seriously forcing you know the commissioner to back you because there's no other recourse really and you know you hate to see the nfl um act that way uh you know be so responsive i mean we, we all read that first statement it was completely worthless and i think they would have stuck with that had any of this not happened but instead here we are so i think kudos to all those players for finally building that tailwind for for colin kaepernick's message four years later i mean you know at least it's, it's gonna not, be fascinating you know, too to too me late. like you know i mean what happens there's now because time if, now if you guys remember like a couple years ago in 16 and 17 this was like an intensely local issue, you know, like this was an intensely local thing where I think the sort of fallout for like the Cowboys or the Saints or the Texans was different than the fallout for the Giants or the Eagles or the Seahawks. And so that I think is going to be an interesting, like now it's sort of the balls in the court of the individual owners, you know? And so how does Jerry Jones react? How does Cal McNair act? react how does gail benson react like i think all of those i think that's probably the next set of questions here is like now the commissioner has kind of been put in a corner and he like has to kind of like stand with the players because you know that's his word on the line now i think what's interesting now is like what's going to happen with each of the individual owners and particularly the owners that are in like some of the quote-unquote red states
mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. And I'll echo what you guys said, just the importance of stars being involved. Because I think the NBA has gotten a lot of credit, the league itself and some of their star players for speaking up and using their voices over the last four years. And it reminded me a little, I think it was maybe it was four years ago, maybe three, but that time at the ESPYs when LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and I think it was Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, the other two guys, the four of them stood up there. And, you know, those are the stars that everyone knows who they are from just seeing their faces. They don't have to be in their uniforms or any team identifying colors. Everyone knows who they are. And, you know, in the NFL, Kaepernick was a name and was recognizable, but some of the other guys who've been outspoken are not as recognizable. But then when you see, it's like you said, you know, Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson and Zeke and Saquon, that's, those are the LeBron and Dwayne Wade characters in the NFL. And so when those guys are standing up, you're right, Albert, you said Goodell's painted into a corner. I mean, he has to stand with those guys. They're the league. He said that in his video, the player, you know, they don't have a league without those guys. You know, they would you know if they had to or whatever but it's like those are the people everyone's tuning in to see every sunday so if they're the ones speaking up and using their voices then what choice does the nfl have but to listen to that and that's the power of this generation of black quarterbacks because we've seen so many talented black football players be pushed into other positions going decades back you know not allowed to play quarterback or move to wide receiver running back and think the brilliance of the current black quarterbacks in the league right now on the field is one thing and then also we're seeing that that gives them this greater this platform too, that we've athlete. been missing like, in just the think, nfl like, and i think there's a lot of, of power to is, that you know like I, I just think back to like the like you think back to the 90s and like the way the quarterbacks were then and like they were very like michael jordan bears the brunt of that republicans buy sneakers thing too but I mean, like I can remember playing video games, Connor. You may remember this, but like I remember playing video games when I was a little kid, where like the, the quarterbacks weren't in some of the video games. You know what I mean? Like because they were, because they they had a separate union, and like the quarterbacks were very much back then, like sort of like like again, like just neutral, and like we have to appeal to the biggest audience, so we're not going to say anything. And I just think this generation of athlete, and I think you probably give LeBron James credit for this and being one of the leaders in it is it just feels way more comfortable speaking out and you know taking up a larger cause and i think that's probably a credit to you know again some of the leaders not just in football but across sports that it is okay for players to speak their mind on these sorts of things now uh yeah i think that <laughs> you guys there was a separate talking about video the nfl quarterback club then, yeah. nine, uh whatever 95 96 97 <laughs> Good sports talk football, yeah. Joe Montana NFL sports talk club. football. Yeah, there's some good, and then there was Joe Montana football. Um, he had his own game. Well, if you, yeah, if you um, remember, he had, he like, so own, in Tech Mobile, um, I'm trying to think, I, somebody else might have, Steve Young might have, did they um, really? Sports Illustrated had their own football game, believe it or not. Yeah, um, I can actually send you guys the link. Uh, you can play it on like a really <laughs> sketchy, um, Czech Republic website right now. You can stream it on your laptop, um, and it and it is awful. Uh, I think I remember is, that now. And, it, yeah. and it's football and baseball combined, so you can like yeah. you can play football for a little bit, and then you can play baseball for a little bit. Uh, so if really you remember, bad. like Tecmo, like, um, just I think so, Tecmo uh, Super. I think so Tecmo Super Bowl because Tecmo anyway, Super Bowl was the first I'm stunned team that I'm not aware of this. The players <laughs> and the teams, and I'm pretty sure Tecmo Super Bowl, Jim Kelly was actually QB Bills because he wasn't like because he, he 
I remember stuff like that because, like, Michael Jordan wasn't in video games. He was player 23 in certain yeah. games. And I remember that. I, I do remember that. I don't remember the specific examples. It could have been Jim Kelly. Right. But I remember certain guys being, like, some such and such player or whatever with the team name or the uniform number. Now we're going to have to look this up. I'll have to do that when someone else is talking here. I think the rest uh, were Ken fake. Ken Griffey yeah. Jr. baseball, the only player in it was Ken Griffey Jr. And then, right, and then everybody else was named, like... Yeah, the one guy's name was just Face. I remember that there was a player <laughs> named Face. Wow, I think I was the, I'm the only one on this call who never played video games. <laughs> Too busy watching me TV as... and, and uh, movies, right, Jenny? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Too busy Way setting swim records in front of and biology like, records uh, you know, and all these <laughs> other things. TV with the rabbit that, ears. God, we, yeah. <laughs> and here, here we are play, talking about NBA Jam. Where did that get me? Well, speaking of where it got you, Connor, you're a staff writer for the MMQB, and you wrote a wonderful right, piece. Exactly. Uh, We're you, all in the same spot. You examined the weakness for all 32 NFL teams. So if anyone is listening to this on Friday, all of your NFC teams are published, and we'll be pushing out your AFC teams, uh, that list, on Saturday. So if you're listening over the weekend, catching up, you can go read all 32 of them right now. Um, so... We're not going to have you go through all 32 teams because that's a bit much for this podcast, I think, Connor. But is there anything that stood out to you just going through that exercise, something that maybe surprised you or something that was really apparent when you looked at every single team position by position? Um, Yeah, I I think a few things. And I I guess I don't know where we want to start, but... um, uh, The Jets are not any... or still not very good. Um, I'm kind of wondering how they're going to function. Uh, like there, there were like three or four. Like there are a lot of teams where I think that you can flip to even the R lads, like roster page or whatever, and you can just run down the depth chart and be like, oh yeah, it's obviously this, right? Um, the Jets. There was probably like five of them that I had to decide from to the point where I was so torn that I texted uh, Brian Costello, the wonderful <laughs> Jets beat writer from the New York Post, um, and I said, Brian, I'm torn. What is the worst part of the team that you covered? So he had to help me out of a, a jam there, and we, and we settled on cornerback. But, um, the curse still. of Durrell. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is remarkable. Still, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, and so they were much worse off than I think that I assumed, and I think that the flip side of that is like, you know, it, I, like I'm, I'm starting to feel that that tickle in my throat. You know, that uncomfortable, uh, you know, sniffling that I might be coming down with Buccaneers fever. I don't know, man. Like th- was th- this corner is their problem largely complete, like far yeah. more than I thought it was. I'm going trying to into guess. This. Well, like for Buccaneers, okay. I gave I gave running back a slight edge over corner. Um, I just don't think we know enough about what they have, and based on how they did last year, um, you know, you have to think the run game is going to be largely similar. I don't know if they have anybody that's going to be able to complement Tom Brady the way that he is accustomed to. So um, I, I gave running back a slight nod over corner, but still, I mean, there's really not a lot of weak spots, and Todd Bowles is just so good at his job that I think that he mitigates a lot of stuff on the back end. Their, like, advanced stats last year on defense were surprisingly really, really good um, uh, to the <laughs> point where I was like, oh, boy, I better stop making fun of these guys because I'm going to look really stupid if they go 13-3 and and win the division. So you're picking the Bucks to be NFC South. That's what this <laughs> exercise taught you. Don't 
don't handcuff me into this yet. I'm not ready, but okay. probably, but probably. probably. Uh, okay. Well, no. Wow. Uh, well, so what, are you putting the Saints pick, third? Uh, I picked the Falcons on yeah, the weak side. Yeah, I think we both picked the Falcons on the weak wow. side. But That's I'm bold. staying there. I'm staying there. I'm staying there. And yes, okay. I am putting the Saints third. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, well, we we've talked about Connor's thoughts on the yeah. Saints in regard to the power ranking. <laughs> For anyone listening to this, I am edits. I am my voice on the Saints is being drowned out by management and editorial and everything. Uh, this is a pro Saints editorial staff that is that you know. So just you know, if they if they don't make the playoffs this year, you, you know where to find me. And meanwhile, Connor, what did you write about the Saints' weakness in, in, the, in this post? <laughs> I'll get to that in a second, but who is the only national writer in all of football to pick the Wait, Vikings so that was just the, the beginning then, is what you're saying. Year. I've seen this coming for months, the regression. All right, all I'm right. ready for it. That was just the beginning of the end. I'm so, ready for it. Okay, so, Connor, beginning what's of the, the end. What's the Saints' biggest weakness, Connor? They're the only team uh, in this entire exercise that does not have a weakness. But they're going to finish uh, third. They are just so good. And if you go like – so Wait, I was trying Saints? to go – the Saints, but the Saints, are, and well, so where would the blame lie then, right? So the oh, question so the that I... the weakness is the coaching staff? I, you know, I'm just uh, okay. wonder, wondering out loud. That's if a hot take right there. Maybe the deepest team I, in football for the last three years and you haven't won a Super Bowl. Whose fault is that? Okay, okay. Connor, I support, I, as a union representative, I support yeah. your free speech rights. So yeah. I will go to bat for you on yeah. this. Yeah. Connor has right. free speech rights. He just can't do it anonymously in a group <laughs> poll that results in all of us getting tagged in tweets from bots complaining about the Saints. Saints Twitter's pretty the aggressive. The fact that bots, one person had them 19th or whatever it was. So, I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, it can't be worse than... I, I, th- I honestly think that my responses from Saints Twitter just for that little Peyton jab are not going to be nearly as bad as Bill's Twitter for saying that quarterback is their biggest weak spot. I'm, I'm really hunkering in for that one. That's going to be a long day on, on, on the, tw- on Oh, the but I support that. I agree. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a, Josh really, it's good a really good roster. Yeah. And, he's and just it really depends good. on if Josh Allen is slightly better. You guys know how better. I feel about this. I've been, I was shouting well, well, all off season that the Bills should sign watch, Cam Newton. Like that was like, and I I'd still love to see it. I, I think it would be great. My podcast earlier in the week. And then I looked at him like, they've got three guys in like Tredavious White, Tremaine Edmonds, and Ed Oliver on defense that like, is there any team that's got three defensive players who are like under 25 that are that good? Like that, like that's really... And they could easily be in a situation like the Bears were with Trubisky, where they said, okay, we'll give him one year. And then all of a sudden, they had to go out and find somebody, and it was urgent and immediate. And the Bills are a team where maybe you go find a plan B now, one year early, instead of waiting and possibly Josh Allen regresses. And then all of a sudden, you're without a franchise quarterback one year too late sometimes it's just if you see a guy out there who's undervalued well, and you can bring someone in as a backup plan it's better so that's to the thing is like Cam I, I, now for cheap than there's to overpay to bring Allen in Nick Foles Foles now might later. be misplaced right but there there's confidence in Josh Allen and I think the fact that they didn't go after Cam Newton is proof positive of it because there are strong Cam Newton connections in that building Sean McDermott was in Carolina with him <laughs> Brandon Bean was in Carolina with him and so the fact that they left that one alone I think is sort of a sign of where they stand on Josh Allen. I think that they think that he's a lot better than the general public does.
Yeah. Yeah. And I will say they drafted Jake Fromm, so they probably viewed that as their plan B. I know he's not a not one of the first rounders that were talking about playing right away, but they at least uh, addressed it. They brought somebody in the building, and you know, and we've seen fifth round quarterbacks come in in the middle of the rookie year and you know overperform i mean what you know what round was gardner Minshew so drafted in and all of a sudden he pops in and now he's their starting quarterback in year two not that i'm saying this is jake Fromm's future you guys know you guys know how i feel no 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 you know what i wanted them to do all offseason i'm just saying uh, connor and i were texting during the draft when they got jake Fromm. i was like well the dream is dead now uh of camp to buffalo you're committed to your cam newton take mitch i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put this to bed until he signs somewhere mitch we talk about this once a week at least (laughs) we've talked about this once a week since like february yeah is this this might be the first time we've talked about it on the podcast like you can tell i'm a little wound up like i finally got the chance to say something and now i'm just gonna run with it i'm i'm still (laughs) processing connor putting out there that the saints playoff loss to the vikings was the beginning of the end because if it was in fact the beginning of the end we will mm-hmm. be pulling this podcast clip shelby royston our producer will be pulling this clip we'll be putting it on social media and connor or so if they're like six and ten if they're six and ten then like is. yeah you have that pinned tweet up there with like the audio finally of it. finally You know I the mean, you know the orbit commercial where the guy turns into the peacock and just starts like if the Saints go six and ten I'm after, just gonna I'm gonna force Gump it across the country just peacocking all everything's gonna orbit, everything's gonna go orbit, downhill after that demoralizing orbit. blow oh, loss and to the Buccaneers in, in Week One commercial. right yeah there it is yeah. Ooh. Oh wow, we're just writing the script for a season. This is good. And Wait, of course, I'm gonna come, I, like, the I think they might be we'll in the Super Bowl. This so podcast never happened. <laughs> right. I think we're gonna pretend most of these podcasts didn't happen anyway. <laughs> There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, 
business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I think we are pretty much wrapped on the football talk. Should we do one good thing? This was Jenny's idea, which uh, I, I don't know if you meant to do this every time or if you just wanted to suggest it once and then it became a tradition and now we have to do it. But uh, going around, everyone can say one good thing, uh, either about their week or the week in general. But Jenny, now you're, you're, you were smiling and now you're looking up uh, like you're trying to think of something to say. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to go first here. Do you have one good thing? Yeah, well, no, I did kind of mean it for it to be a weekly thing. I think it's a nice thing to end the pod on. I did mention this on the week side earlier this week, so I don't want to say repeat things. But I I went to uh, a vigil at Carl Schurz Park on the Upper East Side on Monday night, and it was really just a really good energy in the group. It was Black Lives Matter uh, vigil for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and the energy of the group was really uplifting and energizing and uh, afterward there was another group that had been marching up for Washington Square Park so our group marched over to meet them and kind of did a loop and so yeah it was just uh I said this the other day but you know you go in not really sure thinking it's, it's such a heavy topic and there's a lot of sadness obviously but being around that group and the energy of people that were all fighting for the same thing it was it was uh I really added a lot to my outlook. Like it, it gave me a positive outlook that maybe we're headed towards positive change to see so many people mobilizing together. Um, and so that was like a nice takeaway. Well said. Thanks, Jenny. Um, Connor, you want to go next? Um, yeah, I can go next. Um, I don't know if I said this on, uh, did we do re- week in review last week or no? We did not do this last week. Okay, so then I didn't uh, I didn't say this on uh, so throughout the um, uh, pandemic, I think our family has been much more in tune to wildlife. Um, we had a uh, nest of robins in our tree 
um, that became they became somewhat of a group of neighborhood celebrities when everybody knew that the babies were hatching and everyone was very excited about it. Um, a few weeks ago, I found a toad, and so I, I ran out with a little Tupperware container and brought it into my daughter for breakfast so that she could watch it jump around. Not to eat for breakfast. I saw Jenny's face. Not to eat yeah, for breakfast. Yeah, just had to clarify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so while she was eating her breakfast, we got to watch the toad. We, we gave him water and everything and, and, and stuff so he was comfortable in there. And then we, we let him back out. Um, and then, really cool. So uh, in our backyard, uh, in the pond, there there's like old snapping turtles that have been there for decades and decades. And they always lay their eggs in my neighbor's house, three houses down to the left. But uh, for some reason, they picked our yard to lay their eggs uh, this time, which is so cool. And uh, weirdly, like I went to go, um, I went to go see it because I was so jarred, and I was going to take a picture of my wife who had to go into the office. Um, and it was actually the moment that they were like laying the eggs, like actually turtle like laying eggs. And it's like that's like planet Earth stuff, you know. You just don't get to see that every day, so that was cool. You know? That's amazing, Connor. Yeah, that's cool. So How long sev- does it take? Yeah. 75 to 90 days. Okay. Um, and so we uh, we put up like metal stakes around it and then our neighbors are going to get gung-ho and apparently there's a cage that you can buy at Home Depot. We're going to we're going to protect the turtles. <laughs> we're going to make sure that they uh, they get home safe. We've been like looking at the dirt to make sure that none of the animals have gotten in there in the meantime. So, I don't know. We're we're very excited about our uh, baby turtles that are coming. That's awesome. I feel like I would want privacy if I was laying eggs. Like, I'm just thinking of it would be a little unnerving. I'm now picturing yeah. laying eggs and Connor's. Why, I feel, I don't know. You know, I'm glad you with had a, this experience. Yeah. I'm just, with a phone. I, I yeah. don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'd leave them. I'd want to be left if alone. If someone was giving birth, they wouldn't want me in the hospital room yeah, shooting it on my iPhone. For yeah, 99.99% totally of people, I feel like that is the case. <laughs> But thanks that for one percent out there is listening, though. Well, you, you, know, you know, you do have a child, so I assume you were around uh, that day. I mean, like, but I think, like, allowed. I don't know. I, I feel like the last uh, two, three months, Albert. like, everything's revolved around How about you, kids, Albert? So, um, I, my, my daughter is this close to crawling now, which, you know, like, she looks like she's ready to walk almost, but she's this close to crawling now, so that's good. And then, um, you know, my, my younger son, uh, Drew, has like I played football outside with him once and like he caught the ball really well and then he wanted to keep it a secret from everybody he said he announced to me that he's good at football and then he like made me basically keep it a secret like so like I couldn't tell anybody <laughs> that he was good at football and I finally convinced him um I finally convinced him uh, yesterday like to go play football with his brother and his brother who is hyper competitive and doesn't let him win at anything actually like what like, like they played football they created some rules that who knows like, like it was like you like if you can get the ball and throw it against the tree then you score a point or whatever his older brother he announced to his older brother he's good at football so he said let's play and then he let his little brother win which was really nice so there's that <laughs> and then we're i'm after we're done with this i'm going to vermont um Mitch, you get to learn about this live. I'm going to Vermont for about 36 hours. My wife's already up there, and there is. I'm told that this house, which you know, our friends, it's uh, family friends of ours. Um, I'm told that this house has no internet, no cell phone service, no nothing, and so it's going to be an interesting 36 hours. I can I can apparently drive down the mountain to go uh, to go like if I need to make a phone call or whatever. 
but uh, but when I get up there, it's going to be all eyes on me. People are going to sort of be, be people are going to be studying my behavior tonight and tomorrow. I think you'll get that. Like that, I got a lot of the work <laughs> nice. out of as the way. As long as MMQB so. gets filed in yeah. time, I I do whatever you want for the next for the next thirty six hours. Uh, their their time's yours, as Andy Reid would say. All right. Well, I was gonna. I was actually gonna say uh, the same as Jenny. I also went to a march and a rally in New York uh, last weekend and found that really inspiring and heard some great speakers and seeing how young some of the people were who organized has been great. But you covered that well. I'll. I'll, I'll just say I actually. I left New York City for the first time last weekend. Also, we've been taking the social distancing very seriously. I don't have a car. We haven't been taking any public transportation, but my wife and I had some friends who were going out to Long Beach on Long Island last week, and they offered to give us a ride, and we took it. And it was crazy to leave the city for the first time in three months, but it was very nice to uh, get a little break and be outside sitting on the beach, looking at the ocean, drinking a White Claw. It was a, a very relaxing afternoon, and uh, it was nice to finally uh, get out and, and feel normal again. I know we still have a long way to go, and a lot of people still need to continue taking this seriously, uh, which is something that I care about a lot, um, especially as places are reopening and sports are coming back and uh, you know a lot of important things are happening. But uh, it was nice to with the weather changing just to get out and even while continuing to take this seriously, just uh, get some outdoor time and and feel like I'm having a normal summer again. What, what flavor claw? Well, uh, I had a mango and I had a black cherry and I'm a big fan of the watermelon and the tangerine. I didn't have all of these in one day. (laughs) No, we've been drinking a lot of white claws the last couple months. Can't go to bars. So, uh, buying white claw and drinking it at home. Uh, but I think the mango and the black cherry mm-hmm. are probably my two favorite, and I had one of each on the beach. I've never had one. A white claw at all? <laughs> right? No, never. Okay, this is gonna—we're gonna have to meet in the courtyard for <laughs> a white claw swap. Uh, for a white yeah. claw and homemade desserts. You bring the you you bring the oh. baked goods, and I'll bring the white claw, Jenny. I wanna I wanna go. Well, if you can uh, find a safe way to do this, you're welcome I had to a, I had like a, uh, wear a mask I had a and sit six feet from us night, and drink like, White Claw and hang in the him, I guess, like, <laughs> White Claw nice and coffee tastes like there was incredible. no alcohol at all, but it was, I mean, uh, like, I don't know. These things are, like, it's like 10 bucks for four of them, but uh, they were pretty effective. Just like, and I guess, like, it's, like, supposed to be, like, a White Claw, but I don't know. It was first time I'd ever had one. Nice. So, and I... Yeah, it's amazing how many brands of seltzer there are now that are coming out with this. But I feel like White Claw was so early on it that people have, I I mean, I have brand loyalty to them. I don't even, I guess, you know, I would try some of these if it's uh, all that's around. But when I'm in the store, you know, I'm buying White Claw. I don't know. Um... Actually, it is a good one. They might not have been, like, the first ones, but it feels like they were. They were the first one to get really popular. But... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know if ripoff's a fair word. Some of them I'm sure are good, but to each their own. I'm a fan of the White Claw Mango. <laughs> That's all I'll say. All right. Anyone else have any uh, final thoughts or words here before we take off for uh, you know at least a week, maybe two weeks, our occasional Friday podcast that we do some weeks and not others? Anyone have anything else to share before we hop off here? No. Oh, thanks for doing a great job hosting as always, Mitch. Oh, Definitely. You know, I try. Well, 
Thank you, Shelby, our producer, for putting the tape together. Five people talking, all in different places. We always appreciate his hard work. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the MMQB NFL podcast. You get new podcasts all five days of the week, including this one on Fridays and others with Jenny and Connor and Albert. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you visit the MMQB.com to see all of our stories that we're writing. And we will talk to you again real soon. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.